Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. All these girls gonna be in the league? Hello, gorgeous. Female fight club. All men must die, but we are not men. Grab it, Kristen! What do you think happened to Karen? Lauren. Girl, her name is Kimberly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 61 of Citizen Dame, the podcast where we're just going to pretend everything's wonderful in the world, that the world isn't going to hell. We're just going to talk about things we love, which is movies. Because, yes, we actually do love movies. I don't care what you, some of you bastards think on Ah, That felt good to say. I'm Karen Peterson. With me, as always, is Kristen Lopez. Hello, everybody. Lauren Humphreys-Brooks. Hello. And Kimberly Pierce. Hello. All right. I, it's so nice to be back with you, ladies. Uh, I'm so sorry I had to miss last week. That was very tragic. Uh-huh. Um, really- <laughs> you liar! Um, unfortunately, I was not out slutting it up, Kristen. <laughs> lies, spurious lies. A likely story. We all know what really happened in those pictures. We saw pictures. Yeah, we know. Uh, it was sweating up with Karen Peterson, our new weekly yes. segment. Um, it was a lot of fun. I was doing the press day for On the Basis of Sex, which is a fantastic movie, and you should all go see it. And um, some of the stuff that I was doing last week will pop up on Citizen Dame. It wasn't just for my other gigs, so. I was double dipping, and so it'll all be worth it. <laughs> As it <laughs> were. <laughs> that did not exactly. sound dirty at all. <laughs> Slotten it up with Karen Peterson. <laughs> uh, send us and your Patreon get double dipping on, have on a notebook. Um, <laughs> lots of things for money. I was just double dipping, yeah. <laughs> Dazzle.com <laughs> slash Citizen Dame. Oh, Double dipping man. and then somebody edits the picture together and puts yep. Karen in the middle of Army Hammer and <laughs> On a mug. Exactly. You can oh, have this on a mug. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Um <laughs> I do just want to say though to all of our listeners, um, I did tell Justin Thoreau that Lauren doesn't believe he exists. <laughs> And he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> he thought that was so funny. So then afterwards, we did take a picture together. And so we take a picture and then he jumps out. He's like, okay, now keep your arm up. You got to do this and send it to your friend. And he is cracking up. And he was so excited for me to send this picture to Lauren of me pretending to take a picture with Justin Thoreau. He's awesome. You know, that actually charms me more than probably anything else I have ever seen him in, which I'm, I'm still not convinced. Like, I still did not see him in that image from the uh, the red carpet uh, for On the Basis of Sex. I was, just, I was literally, I literally had to scan back and look at this picture again because I did not notice him. How, how you miss I'm his sorry, wardrobe Justin. choices, I have no idea. I I just have like a mental block against his existence or something. Between know. that facial hair, those boots, and those skinny jeans, and some of those, man, oh he, he I likes love that he is trying to be a pirate. It is a sexy pirate, but a pirate nonetheless. <laughs> and he's certainly doing better than other people in that movie at the moment. Oh man! All right, so well, this week's. So this week's episode, we are actually going to do part one of our Citizen Dame Awards. So we're not going to talk about garbage people. We're not going to talk about 
other problems in the world. We're just going to talk about things that we love and people that we love and things that we loved that they did. So this is how this is going to go. It's going to be a very smutty sounding episode. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, okay. So we're, we have a bunch of categories and so we're just going to kind of round robin this. So we'll, um, so like, We'll start with category one. We'll start with Kristen, then Lauren, then Kim, then me, and just give your five. Okay, five to one. That work? Sounds good here. Okay, so our first category is best male lead performance. Kristen? Okay, so my best male leads, uh, you can argue that maybe one of them is supporting. Maybe one. Uh, But these were all... Category fraud! Exactly. I'm waiting for somebody to say category fraud. Fuck you. <laughs> so these are in no particular order, literally. So are we going to do just, I'm going to go, go all of them, or are we going to go just say, say five? And yeah, then just say else? your five, and then Lauren will say her five. But we can okay, talk so about five. them. Yeah, say all five yeah. of them. And then we can talk about them along the way. But Okay, I promise by the next episode we'll have this whole thing uh, situated. So my number five, or my top five, in no particular order really, um, I'm just going to say them in the order that I like them, is uh, Michael B. Jordan in Creed II, uh, Jeff Bridges at In Bad Times at the El Royale, Russell Hornsby in The Hate You Give, my beloved-ish at the moment, not really right now, Army Hammer in On the Basis of Sex, and my number one, I know my one right off the bat, was David Diggs in Blind Spotting. Excellent. Lauren? It's going to be a lot of overlap here. Uh, all right. So yeah, I, I've realized, I realized making this list that there were a lot of, there were a lot of performances that I was like, is that, is that lead or is that not lead or is that supporting or then like members of an ensemble, all of that. But the, these are mine. Uh, Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? I loved him in that. Um, John David Washington in Black Klansman. Uh, David Diggs in Blind Spotting, Willem Dafoe in At Eternity's Gate, and also Jeff Bridges in Bad Times. Ooh, good one. I like that. Um, yeah, for me, I mostly went with how they would have campaigned at the Oscars. Um, that's just my personal thing. But there was one that I think is still category fraud, and so I put him where he belongs, which isn't supporting. So <laughs> um, we'll get there in a second. Kim. Yeah, I went complete. I think most of those, there's going to be a lot of overlap for me, but I put them all in supporting. I actually had a hell of a hell of a time with this list. And I know I'm going to get shit for a few of these. Um, so I'm going to, uh, so starting, I put in Dominic West for Colette because I couldn't think of anybody else. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, <laughs> Black Panther, because that was the first role of his that really opened my eyes to him. And I thought he was awesome. Uh, Nick Offerman, Hearts Beat Loud. Yes. And then I'm going to get ready to crawl under my desk here. R- Ryan Gosling, The First Man, First Man, and Ethan Hawke, First Reformed. You're so wrong about so many things. Yeah. <laughs> so wrong. Kim was saying that she was having trouble coming up with five performances, and I offered to give her some of mine because I had a hard time narrowing it down and even now looking at my list i'm like there's so many i'm leaving out so, and I'm just... just supporting categories i i could have loaded but these lead especially lead male i had a hell of a time with that yeah okay so mine are joaquin phoenix and you were never really here tom cruise mission impossible fallout i gotta stay on brand, you guys <laughs> ben dickey and blaze 
John David Washington in Black Klansman, and David Diggs blind spotting. I'm glad you said Blaze. He he was going to be he was like an honorable mention Isn't for me. I was going between him and Dominic so West. It was that I was a feel hard like one. blind spotting is going to get way more love in our awards than it's going to get. So so unfair. <laughs> It, yes. it's how that movie is it, it really it's, is. how it is not more really in the conversation i do not understand like it's not not cool guys not cool exactly uh okay so let's go to favorite lines of dialogue this is single lines or maybe a couple of, of lines together as a quote uh from movies and this time we picked three so Kristen, start us off okay so i actually have one serious line I actually rewatch, and I want to say, um, so I, I will caveat this. I have not seen a lot of, of stuff I know should be on this list. So, like, I have Beale Street right now in my Blu-ray player. I just have not had time to sit down to actually watch it. So, certain things I know would have probably swayed these lists. Maybe by the next episode, I will have different movies in there so i i wanted to say i figured favorite lines i really wanted something from beale street because i'm assuming it's beautifully written i just did not have time to watch the actual movie so i feel very bad so um my my three favorite lines this year i rewatched crazy rich asians the other day with my brother who actually cried oh. i know like <laughs> that movie can get an 18 a uh, 21 year old boy to, to actually ball uh, mm-hmm. i know i know he tried to hide it but he was like that wedding proposal was just so damn beautiful. I'm like, I know, right? Henry Golding is God. Uh, so, so yeah. So the the mahjong scene. It was because of me, a poor, raised by a single mother, low class immigrant, nobody. I I love how Constance Wu delivers that line. I think it's a fantastic, fantastic moment that just like could have gone for the fuck you, but it doesn't. It's so great. Um, I also picked Hereditary. <laughs> Hereditary has one of my favorite insults of the year, uh, and it's during the moment where they're having the argument, uh, Tony Collette and, and her son, and she says, all I do is worry and slave and defend you, and all I get back is that fucking face on your face. <laughs> I, I love that. Literally, my mom and I looked at each other like, oh yeah, we've had that. That's a mood right there. Like, I know it. I know that. Um, and my my favorite line of the year has not changed. If you listen to our uh, sorry to bother you episode. I said this line would probably be on my list. And it is. It's my favorite line of the year. It's Army Hammer saying, if you beautiful perversions don't shut yes. the fuck up, I'll turn you into blue. <laughs> it's still the best. Still the be- I have no situation in which to use it, but it's still the best line of the year. I'm sure you've had situations, occasions to use it. You just... I, I know I have had many an occasion with a horse person. Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> Oh, Lauren. I actually don't have that many. One of the reasons is because I keep on forgetting everything that I liked that was being said throughout the entire uh, the entire year. But everything that Blake Lively says in A Simple Favor is, in fact, my favorite line. So I'm just going to throw that out there. But amazingly enough, it is impossible to find her quotes online. I searched for like 20 minutes the other day trying to find, you know, the I'm, you know, don't you fucking say I'm sorry quotes, things like that. And I was like, all right, fine, everything, all the things that she says. Um, So that and one of the other ones that I just really liked in Suspiria was uh, very late in the film. Miss Huller says, when women, when women tell you the truth, you don't pity them, you tell them they have delusions. 
And I just loved that moment of just like, you know what? Fuck you, man. Fuck you and your uh, scientific rationalism and all of this shit. You just tell us we have delusions. And I, I quite enjoyed it. Nice. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Kim? Okay, so I picked three, but I also, I had a hell of a time actually finding them, but I did have it you know, little moments of dialogue that stuck with me. Uh, top, top one I have listed is Darlene's speech at the end about or El Royale, you know, where she's so tired and dealing with men. And then I, I too have everything from a simple favor written down, particularly Blake Lively's lines. And then going, going a little uh, crass here, but the uh, end or midway through the favorites, uh, Olivia Coleman's I like when she puts her tongue in me. That moment cracked me up in the theater and I was laughing about it the whole way home. <laughs> I'm so sad that I forgot the speech yeah, in bad one. times. I'm really bummed. I'm she didn't mention it. <laughs> I'm very stunned. This is what happens when I'm trying to feverishly write these while trying to get boxes. Okay, yes. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad you included it. Gave it some love. Okay. So um one of mine, this is a line that is just so it's not the line itself it's the way that it said and it stuck with me from the moment i heard it and it's when killmonger says hi auntie in black panther (laughs) i could have easily put michael b jordan black panther lines in my my whole five i'm shocked you did it uh you know there's still that 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 line of dialogue that i included in my top five on citizen dame still stands as like the thirstiest best line of the year okay definitely yeah um another one of mine is Look up there. It's a big, strong man in need of rescuing. <laughs> I thought that would be on your list. I, I thought oh, that would. Oh, for sure. And then I did, there is one Blake Lively line from A Simple Favor that I actually wrote down when I was screening the movie because I loved it so much. And I wish that I had the actual sorry quote, because, but I don't. But the, the one that she says that I, that I love too is, if your head's going to end up in a trash can, it's going to end up in a trash can. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <sighs> oh, she's great. I love that movie. Let's watch it again right now. We should. Future, future commentary right there. All right. So since we just had best lines of dialogue, let's go with best script. Okay. So again, this is a a category I think Beale Street might have been in. So I'm sorry that it's not here. Um, So so my five was really like, eh, I had to include it because there was really no other script that I really thought of. Um, And that's Widows. I, I liked the script a lot, but it's it's a five. Like, it's a five. I couldn't really think of anything else to include. Um, Bad Times, the El Royale. I love that script. Um, I guess I could have put a simple favor in there with Widows. Um, but Bad Times is fantastic. I love it. Um, I rewatched The Hate You Give this weekend. And that script is so good. So powerful. You have so many amazing actors saying so many powerful lines. Um, the favorite... Of course, I was going to put the favorite in script because that movie is just so witty and snarky and just, I love it. Um, and my but my best script of the year is Blind Spotting. Any movie that can take aspects of the lyricism of hip hop and infuse it with social commentary, I just, I think that script is so smart. Great. Lauren. 
Uh, so again, going to be a lot of overlap here. I, I agree with blind spotting. Um, it's such a sharp film and, and actually very short. It's very to the point, And I love that about it. Uh, I also have the favorite widows and a simple favor on my list simply because I enjoyed the crap out of all of those scripts. And I put Suspiria on there because I think it was such a fascinating construction and, and the, the way that everyone spoke to one another, the different, um, the, the different languages that are being spoken, the different relationships among all of the characters. I really nice. liked it. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of overlap, especially in this category. But uh, Kim, what do you got? Okay, I have, I put, um, I put A Quiet Place in there. I just, what that script was able to do in terms of just crafting that story and with the silence, with, I just was blown away by what they did. Um, the favorites so echoing that for a third time i put a i put a simple favor in there can you ever forgive me and my top of the year was bad times at the el royale nice um i also had bad times at the el royale the favorite can you ever forgive me <laughs> blind spotting and then one that i didn't hear anybody else say is um what they had by elizabeth Chalker. that's still sitting in my that's screener really great script another I movie i have not watched the screener for yet oh my gosh it's so good and i think one of the reasons i don't know how it's going to be for other people but i think one of the reasons that it really um it really struck for me was because of the fact that i have like I've lived this experience and that's actually something that I got to talk with the director writer about Elizabeth Chomko. So um, it's such a great script and I hope that you guys love the film when you get to watch it. Uh, okay. Let's go to best supporting actress. Okay. So my best supporting actress lineup again, does not include Beale street. I'm very pissed about that because I know, I know this this probably would have been swayed. So um, my list is very weird. Um, my Because I considered supporting to be supporting. So none of the favorite actresses are in here. Because I consider them all co-lead. <laughs> so have that what you will. Okay. Will there be all three actresses from the favorite in my best actress? Maybe. I don't know. The point is, is that they're not here because none of them are supporting. They are all co-lead. By the way, I agree. Yay. Um, so, I agree, but also uh, my list is going to be different. Okay. So so that's just me. Exactly. So so I, I felt that removing the favorite helped me widen it out to actresses that might not be included. So I have Letitia Wright for Black Panther. Shiri, uh, still, my, still one of my favorite smart characters of the year. Um, Gina Rodriguez in Annihilation. I had to include my girl, Gina Rodriguez. I love her so much. Uh, Millie Shapiro from Hereditary, a.k.a. the girl that terrified me for four months. <laughs> um, I have Kaylee Spaney for Bad Times because we need a good Manson girl in 2018. I was I was into it. Um, I also have Simone Missick for a movie called Gin, which played at um, AFI Fest this year. It's a fantastic, fantastic movie. Um, she plays uh, a mother to a teenage daughter um, who wants to convert to Islam. And I think she, Simone Missick is fantastic in the movie. And I wanted to include her here because no one else is going to talk about that performance. And they should. Excellent. Lauren? All right. So I do have uh, one actress from The Favorite on here. I, I absolutely agree that they're all co-leads, which is actually one of the issues that I had making half of these lists. Is that I was like, well, supporting... 
not supporting really ensembles. So how do we how do we parse this up? But I have Rachel Weiss uh, from for the favorite. I she was just fantastic in there. Um, Elizabeth Debicki for Widows. Uh, Michelle Yao, Crazy Rich Asians. Um, Tilda Swinton in Suspiria, and Regina King for Beale Street. Oh, I'm so glad that you included Michelle Yao and and um, yeah. Who else? Who was before her? Uh, Tilda Swinton. Uh, okay, yeah. I was like, yay! Those performances are sliding under the radar. Awesome. Yeah, they really True. are. Uh, Kim. Okay, I have. So I'm echoing Letitia Wright Woo-hoo! for Black Panther. That she was one of the first ones to pop into my head. Uh, Millicent Simmons, uh, A Quiet Place. Oh, I just yeah. thought her work in there was just gorgeous, and I love everything she's doing. Uh, echoing Rachel Wise, I have her in there as well. Uh, Blake Lively, A Simple Place, because or A Simple Favor, because uh, I just that was kind of like Michael. I'm Jordan so mad I forgot her. Just opened my eyes for her. And last but not least, Cynthia Erivo. Uh, Take take that for widows. Take that for El Royale. Whatever you pick, she's had a hell. Okay, of a I year. am digging that Kim essentially is doing all the ones that I forgot. So I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Glad I could be of assistance. <laughs> well, and a couple of mine. It's not necessarily like if I were voting, this is how I would vote. But um, a couple of mine. I was like, I knew some of you guys wouldn't say some of these, so I did. So that was kind of how my. That was my thought process. Like, there's so many great people and so much great work this year that that didn't get, that doesn't get recognized because we settle down to a couple of films, you know, and so so much great work gets gets overlooked. But, um, but ironically, four out of my five have already been said. <laughs> so, um, one of mine was Shirley Henderson from Stan and Ollie. I love her so much. She plays. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh yeah, she plays Oliver Hardy's wife, and and actually both of the wives in that are are hilarious and so well done. They actually get to be fully fleshed out characters, not like just a wife on the phone type. So that was great. Um, but I just I love Shirley Henderson; she's awesome. Um, Gina Rodriguez for Annihilation, Michelle Yao for Crazy Rich Asians, Elizabeth Debicki for Widows, and Cynthia Erivo for Bad Times at the El Royale. All right costumes Kristen hate costumes so much oh costumes costumes was so hard for me this year there were so many amazing costumes this year and i hate that i only had five because i easily could have we could do an entire episode just on amazing costumes from 2018 we so could have done that exactly like i i will say honorable mention since we we have some time honorable mentions i did not put on the basis of sex on this list I what? wanted to. I wanted to talk about Tweed and Corduroy yes. and Fedoras, but I didn't include it because there were so many other things. I know, I know I right? I know. I felt terrible. I felt terrible, but, you know, I got to include what I got to include. So um, I included McQueen, the doc, if anybody's seen it, um, on Alexander McQueen. Yes. Is that cheating? Yes. Because I it's a documentary cheating. and they really exist? <laughs> Whatever. I don't I don't give a Those shit. Those weren't costumes okay, designed for the uh, movie. I don't, you said... Favorite costumes, favorite <laughs> clothes in a movie. Okay, they count. All right, all costumes matter, Karen. Okay, <laughs> gosh. So, um, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, I can't believe that I almost forgot all the amazing costumes in that. Specifically, the pink dress that Gemma Chan wears when she's introduced to the audience. Um, 
Ocean's 8. I love every costume in Ocean's 8, including everything Cape Blanchett wears. That's that's a mood, right? Like, that's sex on a stick yep. is, is everything she wears in that movie. Um, a simple favor, of course. Blake Lively brought back suits, like, on, on women. And I had feelings. <laughs> I had weird, a lot of weird feelings this year. Um, and then the favorite... The favorite has um, all my favorite costumes. Uh, again, I love that androgyny kind of came back. Gender neutral clothing came back in a big way. Women wearing pants. Like, I was like, is this 1940? What is happening that women wearing pants is like the hottest thing in the world now? And I am so for it. Um, everything Rachel Weisz wears in that in that movie is just fucking amazing. I love it. So that's my favorite of the year. Awesome. Lauren? All right. Well, I, th- I think I'm pretty much going to echo most of those actually um my i only have four on my list because honestly i don't care that much about costumes (laughs) and unless it's really i just don't care i'm not one of those people like unless it's something really spectacular that i'm that i'm just like i want to be able to wear that other than that i'm just like i i don't i don't give a shit like um but so my list includes suspiria because i think that some of the costumes in that were awesome Uh, a simple favor Black Panther and the favorite. Nice. Kim. Okay. I have, I did put on the basis of sex on my list. Um, tweed, tweed, lots of tweed and fedoras. And I will say I wanted <laughs> everything that Felicity Jones wore in that film. I just loved everything about those costumes. Uh, I would I'm, still wear those outfits today. Like some of those oh, I would too. she's wearing, I would totally wear that. I thought those, it looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Moving up my list, I had Mary Queen of Scots because period piece from that era of course they look great uh i too have a simple favor that popped up that was probably the first one i wrote down bad times at the el royale for the everything from john ham's glasses to probably the most beautiful pair of jeans ever seen on cinema and a top one was the favorite as well awesome uh i had black Klansman. i really like the costume work in that i think it's um it's a lot of fun it's very um they actually used a lot of vintage stuff which i think is really cool uh crazy rich asians um i also had mary queen of scots and the favorite um and i love that both of those films use denim they incorporate denim into (laughs) their outfits to make it easier for the for the uh, actors to to move around in but it's like you can't tell at all if you're watching the movie so and then my favorite of the year is mary poppins returns particularly those hand-painted outfits for (laughs) the animated sequences oh my gosh they're so amazing and i got to see them in person up close and like really look at what they did and the detailing and they're just so exquisite so i love it looking forward to being able to see that see that i haven't been able to catch it yet oh yeah it's so good i love it um i do i do have to say i love the men's costuming in the favorite as well yes i I think there's a lot of focus on the women but the men like the the stuff that the men wear and how incredibly ridiculous they look but also how they posture in it is just so well done like it's a very it's a nice little joke almost on the on the time period but while also actually being fairly historically accurate it's so true and it really does add to their characters it's not just funny clothes to look at it really is part of who they become so yeah i totally agree okay so for our next category um 
you know, every year we discover new people that we admire and thirst after. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the ways to put it, yes. So, Kristen, tell us your best thirst discoveries of 2018. Okay, so this, a couple of these were not really thirst discoveries, but rediscoveries. I realized, wait, why have I not been in love with these people all the time um or at least that's that's for dakota johnson like i've declared dakota johnson queen of 2018 because she's done three movies this year they're all different she's been amazing in all of them and yes even 50 shades of fucking bullshit counts because that (laughs) one came out the last one came out this year and she is the best goddamn thing in it and i think i love her like I, i think I think I love her now. So she's on my list. Um, Blake Lively. I've been a Blake Lively secret stan for a while. Um, and this year pretty much solidified that. So those are the two where I was just like, I, I love them. It's official. Um, Justin Thoreau gets on here purely for the fact that in all the years that I have loved him, he has never been in the top <laughs> 10 of my list ever until this year. This year. So congratulations, sir, for holding on to that ladder and waiting for the day when you would finally just like pole vault over everybody and and find yourself sitting very comfortably at 1.5. And then the actual discovery, discovery, Kim was there to witness it. We went to TCM this year and I was sick as a dog and we went and saw Seawolf. And I looked at her and I said, holy shit, John Garfield. So um, I know he's been dead for 60 some odd years, but I discovered that he is literally the hottest man on the planet and that we should all weep collectively every goddamn day because he is no longer with us. Um, And then my number one, I went and saw Creed 2 twice and I'm fairly certain that I missed the point because it is all about Drago. I don't know that guy's oh name. Gosh. I don't give a shit. We don't need name. He is the literally sexiest thing I discovered wow. this year. And I have so many thoughts and inappropriate comments. And I I think I, I got the wrong message out of that movie, but I don't I have care. a lot of thoughts too, but mostly there. You are crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'm okay with this. I've been. I think I've been documented sure. for that. <laughs> Nothing says Kristen like the discovery of a dead man and the discovery of the villain in a, in yeah, a that checks movie. Out. Very on brand. Yeah, Lauren, what do you got? Uh, all right. Well, one one of my top is uh, Raphael Casal. Uh, I'm, God I'm damn it! What is wrong? Well, he's on my list. Do <laughs> okay. I was because seduced he... by the Creed too. I blame that. Okay. <laughs> because he is the most adorable thing ever, and and I and and he's also like very obviously very sweet guy and very poetic and everything. And I was just like, oh my god, yes. Um, uh, another one, Kate Blanchett. Uh, who I've always loved and who doesn't, you know, who doesn't love Kate Blanchett. Everybody, regardless of your sexuality, everybody, like, at some level wants to fuck Kate Bow Blanchett. down to yeah. Queen Kate. Um, another one is actually Johnny Flynn, who was in a film called Beast this year. And he's actually a, uh, he's generally just a singer-songwriter, but he is amazing. He's incredibly magnetic in Beast and very disturbing. Like, it's, 
because the the entire film is about whether or not he is in fact a serial killer and about his relationship with this young woman and her trying to figure out if he is in fact a serial killer and you don't know for most of the film uh but it's he's he's amazing and he's and you completely understand you're just like yeah i wouldn't care if he was a serial killer either uh chris hemsworth who i always knew was adorable but until very recently i was like oh he's just the pretty one and then it it kind of it definitely started way back during ghostbusters but most recently this year with bad times at the el royale and his performances in um uh, his performance in Infinity War and stuff like that. But it it definitely he definitely rose in my estimation, and I cannot wait to see what else he does. And then finally, Winston Duke, uh, who played Umbaku in Black Panther, who's <laughs> just like I was just like, oh yeah, like everyone was like, oh Michael B. Jordan. I was just like, no, who is that? I was I was like, waiting I for Lauren to to, uh, <laughs> to to mention him because I know yeah that that held on yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the trailer for his new movie that he did with Jordan Peele comes out Christmas, so I I look forward to seeing that trailer. I think he I think he's a good actor, I mean, to begin with, but just the second he was on screen I was like, "Yes, okay. I'm paying attention now." <laughs> mhm. Definitely. Kim. So, I'm going to start out by echoing what everybody has said about Kate Blanchett. Between Thor Ragnarok at the end of last year and Ocean's 8 this year, damn. I yeah I she gave me feelings I didn't know I had and that just <laughs> oh Kate wow um I will <laughs> fin- continue on I'm gonna say I'm gonna have to list Army Hammer like you kind of just said I've always known he was adorable and he's always been there but on the basis of sex the other night just it between the tweed and the gorgeous dad thing it just really really it upped him into a list he's been you know further down never underestimate the power of tweed yeah oh god (laughs) um chris hemsworth uh kind of a similar thing he was always like the third chris for me underneath chris pine and uh chris evans but oh el royale Every, just that and I, ne- I never really liked the scraggly late 60s look either oh I would so join that cult I would join that family <laughs> uh, then uh, continuing with the El Royale trend Lewis Pullman that little little adorable baby Pullman with those <laughs> eyes and just I'm um, sitting here blushing talking about it oh Kim, oh, Kim I love oh, you Kim. And, and my number one I am actually going to stray away from movies but only because he's my number one right now uh, my adorable Scottish detective that I was talking about last week Stephen Robertson my my little brooding Scottish detective on Shetland he is my number one discovery awesome um okay so my number four and five kind of go together. That's Raphael Casal and David Diggs. Um, because I discovered them both together in January when I saw Blind Spotting and was like, who are they? They are very interesting and adorable and really just they're funny and all year long just watching um the way that they've marketed their film, watching the way that they've interacted with fans. It's been really I like them on and off screen. So they're they're both great. Um, echoing something Kristen said, uh, as far as a rediscovery, because I've I've loved Justin Thoreau a long time, but uh, I, I have a very newfound appreciation for him. 
Um, Just remember, I've paid my dues with that one, so I will cut you. I mean, I'm all for feminism, oh, but I will literally throw down. You're going down, Lopez. Um, okay. <laughs> um, my number two, um, I'm not sure who it is that I actually like discovered, if it's Army Hammer or really if it's Martin Ginsburg. It's Army Hammer. It, it's, it's, Army Hammer. <laughs> it's Army Hammer. You've been resisting this for so yeah. long. You have. Just give in. Give in to the love. But it's Martin Ginsburg that won me over. So it's Army I'm Hammer's just, performance oh. of Martin. It's Army Hammer something that starts with a P. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, when I was taking a picture with him, (laughs) when I was taking a picture with him, you know, the assistant is doing it, she's got my phone, and he like goes and puts his arm around me, and as soon as he did that, I just blurted out, I'm like, you are really tall. (laughs) I would have, I would have collapsed. And he just goes, he goes, I know, I'm sorry. No, I'd have turned into Melissa McCarthy and just been like, I'm going to climb that like a tree. (laughs) And then my number one, I can't believe no one said him, but it's Henry Golding. Oh my God. How did we forget that? (laughs) (laughs) I love Henry Golding. And that scene when in Crazy Rich Asians, when Constance Wu like puts on her glasses and she's like, hubba hubba. I was like, girl, we are all feeling I, it. I think yep, we yep, all yep. just had a hello darkness, my old friend moment to realize that we did not mention <laughs> him. Like, well, and he's he's definitely, at least for me, the number one thirst discovery because he literally dropped out of nowhere this year. He came from doing, you know, travel videos and in the UK and now he's suddenly a big movie star he's in two big movies this year and then he's got a couple more that are already coming so I mean this kid's going places considering our episodes have been all about him since what April was that when he had a simple favor (laughs) and he is so beautiful in person he has the softest hands in the world okay It's it's true but I think maybe that's part of it is like we kind of because he just did show up and just take over it's hard to remember that he just came out this year like that we didn't know get around children let us tell you about the time before (laughs) henry golding (laughs) i barely remember (laughs) (laughs) so okay so let's go into our favorite supporting actors okay so my supporting actors you're gonna notice some a trend here Actually, aside from, like, one person, you're really going to notice a trend here. So, I put Justin Theroux for On the Basis of Sex. Um, He's an asshole. And that's kind of what you expect from him in most <laughs> movies. But it's it's an it's one that works. Um, so really, that's a five spot. I couldn't think of anybody else. Um, I do have Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther. If you have a year where you're villain, like, you actually have people arguing about whether the villain's plan is actually understandable like i think you've done a really good job um and so i have to i have to give him credit for that because he did such a great job in that in that performance and he caused me to throw a pen across a screening room so (laughs) i think he he yeah he made it work um i have chris hemsworth for bad times at the el royale because what i love about that movie is that really there's this sense of tension that boils throughout the entire film 
And it's not until it is manifested in a white guy that, like, you really start to see shit go down. And I think Chris Hemsworth is the perfect incarnation of, like, the devil is a hot white guy. Like, it works for me. Um, I, I have Richard E. Grant. I finally got to see Can You Ever Forgive Me? My screener finally yeah. showed up. And so I got to watch it this weekend. Um, and he is just so, so good. Um, I mean... I love that this movie is where you don't really necessarily root for the characters. Like you don't want them to succeed, but you understand their motivations. And I think so much of what makes Grant compelling is that you can understand how he's a fuck up, but you still really want him to be your friend because he makes things exciting and he's so personable and kind of a bitch. And he's just, I I love what he does with that performance. Um, And then Raphael Casal. For blind spotting. Um, Seriously, everything about that performance is perfect. A, he's adorable, so that helps. Uh, But B, I just, I I talked about it when I saw the movie that I think he's a modern day take on Burt Lancaster's Elmer Gantry. That like fast talking guy who can make everything sound good, but it's really fucking stupid. Um, And I just, I love him. I don't tell him (laughs) that on Twitter because he actually follows me, so I don't want it to be weird. But, I mean, I, I love him. It's official. So, there awesome. you go. Lauren? Uh, again, I think there's going to be a good bit of overlaps. Yes, I've got Chris Hemsworth from El Royale and uh, and Raphael Casal. I also have Brian Tyree Henry uh, for both Widows and um, his performance in Beale Street. Uh, and, and two very different roles for him, but, um, but he's yeah. excellent in both. Uh, and and just, yeah, absolutely terrifying. I've also got, and I was hesitant to put these guys on here because I wasn't certain whether this counted as a 2018 movie. Then I found out that this film did actually come out at the beginning of 2018 in the United States, so I'm going to count it. Jason Isaacs in Death of Stalin. And, that, count, that counts. Uh, and, and Steve Buscemi in Death of Stalin. Um, both of them, like oh, the entire complicated my list. The entire cast <laughs> in Death of Stalin are is fantastic. Like it's a fantastic film. I love Jason Isaacs. Like walks on screen and he throws off his coat and he's just such a loud mouthed, foul mouthed badass that I just loved him. And he he kind of made he he comes in, in the at a point where the film is beginning to get a little doer and he just elevates it immediately and steve buscemi as as khrushchev is just fantastic and he moves between being absolutely terrifying and uh absolutely hilarious and it's it's a great performance i still need to see the death of stalin i haven't seen it yet it's a fantastic film honestly like it's it's one of my favorites this year awesome i think it's on prime or something so i don't have an excuse yeah it is um kim well i'm gonna have to add a fast honorable mention and say michael palin from death of stalin because yeah. i just watched yeah. that and i loved love i loved love loved that movie but particularly him he just he cracked me up all right starting from all right so let's say uh jeff bridges so i counted him as supporting because that was just such in el royale i just there were so many people in there i wasn't sure who would be lead who would be supporting but Jeff Bridges was performance after time four, you know, I was just so moved and getting to watch the intricacies and what he was doing. It was truly an amazing performance. Army Hammer on the basis of sex because Army Hammer, uh, Daniel Kaluuya widows. I, that, that was another performance that just done me. He was so delightfully, deliciously evil. You just hated him, but it was so good at the same time. 
Uh, Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And then I have to say Josh Hamilton from eighth grade. Oh, yeah. He's good, too. Um, So I'm throwing in a quick honorable mention, too, because I really wanted to make room for him in my five, and I just couldn't. And that is Jesse Plemons in Game Night. Yes. He is so hilarious (laughs) (laughs) and so unexpectedly funny. And I just, oh, my gosh, I love him. Um, I have Lin-Manuel Miranda for Mary Poppins Returns. He is not lead. He, he is, is a supporting, supporting character, character and they need to stop that he bullshit. Is. He is a supporting character. <laughs> he's campaigning lead for the Oscars and it's bullshit. And he just got no. a Golden Globe nom. Nope. Nope. Is nope. it wrong that he might be showing up on my egregious accent top five? He should be on the egregious accent top five. It's an I egregious mean, accent. It's just also delightfully fun to listen to sure that's one way of looking at it yeah (laughs) um okay i also have army hammer for on the basis of sex robert forrester and what they had he's so great um richard e grant and can you ever forgive me and russell hornsby for the hate you give um and if there was justice in the world he would be winning an oscar uh okay yeah. if if there was justice in the world that movie would actually be talked about way more than it is also true uh okay favorite scenes so my favorite scenes were it was very hard because as as i wanted to go back and my i judge a favorite scene is one that i can recall after the end of the year you know if i'm still remembering stuff from february movies you know i think i think you have have something there you know um so I definitely had to I want to throw out an honorable mention because it's not necessarily do we have a cinematography category? Uh, we don't actually. We don't. We, do. we don't. Okay, so I'm going to throw it out here. It's not a. It's not a favorite scene. It's a favorite filmed moment. Um, but it's the part in Black Panther when Michael B. Jordan comes out in that fucking fantastic coat, and the camera is upside down and it goes right side up. Um, I, I love that scene. I love how they filmed that. Um, but it's I know that's a great, great scene. Um, but I did not include it here. But that would have just been outside my five. Um, so my, my five, I guess, um, is the end of Jin. Uh, again, I wish more people saw it. I don't know if it actually has distribution. If it doesn't, they should, they should do that. Um, but it's, it's the end of that movie where the, the daughter reads a poem to her mother at a talent show. And it's just, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of like mother daughter scenes where like, they can't say what they want to say, so they have to say it through other means. Oh my gosh, it's it's just so affecting. Um, it's a beautiful moment. Um, I do have the the car chase from the Spy Who Dumped Me. <laughs> I love that car chase. I rewatched it the other day, and I think a that scene is filmed just as well as if it was in a Mission Impossible movie. It's hilarious. It's intense. Um, I, I really, really enjoy that moment. I think it's, again, one of those moments where if you're a douchebag saying women can't film action scenes, watch that because you're wrong. Um, I'd also include the, the bear from Annihilation, that entire sequence with the bear. Um, (laughs) oh yeah, that literally is nightmare fuel. Um, honorable mention would have gone out to the end of hereditary as well. Um, if I wasn't confused by it. Um, the argument moment between Raphael Casal and David Diggs and blind spotting, where they just lay everything out in the open in this alley at the end, that, that whole scene is so intense. Again, it's so smart because it's really breaking down 
those barriers of like social commentary and everything. Um, and then also my favorite moment in the favorite, it's a very brief moment. It's when Nicholas Holt and Emma Stone are talking for the first time outside and he says, <laughs> Oh, look, a, lo- a wren. And he shoves her down the hill. Um, I love that scene. I love it. Nice. So it had to, it had to go as number one. Lauren. All right. I've got, um, I've got some, for anyone who hasn't seen Beale Street, this is going to wind up being maybe a little bit of a spoiler, but uh, the entire pregnancy reveal scene in Beale Street. Um, oh my gosh, The yes. whole scene where she, you know, she tells her family. <laughs> and the reason for that is because of the way that the family reacts. Uh, and and then also his family. Um, the climax of blind spotting, and when, I, when I'm saying climax, I mean the, the final rap where yeah. he finally confronts the cop. And that's just such a, a fantastic terrifying moment um and, and the first time i saw the film i was just like oh my god how is this going to end like i because i could see it going a number of different ways um one of the sort of uh collective meetings in death of stalin there are some great just like collective scenes in death of stalin but um the meeting where they're all sort of debating about where khrushchev eventually gets assigned to do the funeral uh, and that entire, like all of the dialogue there, just the way that, that the dialogue interacts and just everyone is talking to everybody else. And it's all very polite, but it's also like, oh my God, all of these men hate each other so much. Um, the final concert in Hearts Beat Loud, which just got me choked up. Uh, and then just everything in Ocean's Eight. I would say uh, Hearts Beat Loud, that first scene where they they make the first song almost made my list honorable mention as well nice kim okay i'm gonna have let's see starting at the bottom so roma there is a particular not too too much happens in it it, it but though it is where the kids i think they're going to mexico city or they, they they see dad kind of for the first time and there's kind of that realization that dad isn't doing what dad said he was doing and just the technical, you, everything about that shot, I was just truly in awe as I was watching it, and it stuck with me. Uh, next up, the earbud dance sequence from oh, yeah. uh, Quiet Place. That just such a sweet, tender moment that still sticks with me with Emily Blunt and Krasinski. Uh, I'm going to say the moon landing from First Man. Uh, I was a choked up mess by that point in that movie. And just technically, again, I thought that was so interesting. And I was enthralled. Uh, the campfire scene between uh, in eighth grade. So kind of that final father-daughter scene in the movie. Just once again, I was a bawling mess. And last up, that whole final confrontation in El Royale. Just everything there from the construction to the performances to just ooh, top my top of the year oh yeah definitely uh oh man there's so many great scenes and i there are things that i had to cut out like the courtroom scene in on the basis of sex oh yeah oh it's so great but then there's other scenes like that entire sequence like you were just talking about kim and bad times at the el royale i love everything about it and how menacing chris hemsworth is and how hopeful dakota johnson is for just a moment and then that gets dashed and and oh that entire i don't even know it's like probably 20 minutes long and it's all just so great um i also agree about the concert sequence at the end of hearts beat loud i love it so much it's so good 
Um, also the um, the bear sequence in Annihilation. That's one of the most terrifying scenes I saw this year of anything. Um, the bathroom fight in Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> one of the greatest fight sequences I have seen in years. Um, and Triple Little Light Fantastic from Mary Poppins Returns. That entire eight minutes, I, we got to see that a couple weeks ago at AFI, like before, before I saw the film. And I was just watching that whole sequence going, oh my gosh, I'm loving this so much. And so then to see it also in the context of the film, it just, it was, it was one of the great movie moments and I love it. So let's move on to director. Now we originally were going to have three, but I was just like, nope, nope, I can't only do three. I'm going to, I'm going to warn you the categories where we said we were going to do three, I did five. So deal. Okay, good. (laughs) So did I. Uh, Although it's possible that one of them might have like eight. Fine, fine. Um, so, so my directors are pretty obvious if you've been following what I've nominated already. So, I'm just gonna throw them out there. Um, okay, so is it? Do we pronounce the E or the I when it comes to a simple favor? Our director. Oh, it's Feig. I've always said Feig. It is Feig. I know Karen will roll her eyes at my complete inability to say last names. Um, so Paul Feig. For a simple favor, he's again awesome, and he understands women in cinema. He's I many have called him the George Cukor of 2018, and I believe it. Um, Mimi Leader, Aha, Karen. <laughs> <You got it>. <laughs> she also rolls her eyes when I yay um, for on the basis of sex. Um, a woman who was blackballed for making Pay It Forward, which is not a great movie, but it sure as shit didn't la- need to land her in director jail, um, gets to come back and make this amazing movie. So I had to salute her. Um, Carlos Lopez Estrada for Blind Spotting. I know everybody praises the script, but the direction is, is also worthy of praise. Drew Goddard for Bad Times the El Royale. Two, he he's had no no failures for me so far, and Ryan Coogler Thanks. for Black Panther. Lauren, all right, I've I've got I've got initially I was like I'm gonna list nothing but women, but then I decide I'm just gonna list mostly women. Um, so I have Mariel Heller for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh, yes, Lynn Lynn Ramsey for You Were Never Really Here. Uh, Chloe Zhao for the writer. I, I think that the writer needs to be talked about a lot more, and it. it it's, I think I need to see that again. It, it's just. I mean, I just found it to be such a fantastic film, and regardless of, of whether or not you think it's fantastic or whatever, her direction in it is is, is amazing. Um, Barry Jenkins for Beale Street Could Talk, and Alfonso Cuarón for Roma. I do think that he deserves the praise that he's been getting for this film. If if that if memory serves, that means you have no white guys on your list. Oh yeah, no white white men are like straight white Lauren, men in particular. There are a few that I could have put on there, but I was like, I'm just not going to do it. Lauren, there weren't enough women directors this year to nominate any of them for I, anything. Like I say, I could have added two more women directors to this <laughs> list, but I was just like, you know what? I want to give a nod to Barry Jenkins and to Alfonso Cuarón because they did great work this year. Nice, Kim. Well, Kristen just complicated my list here, so I am I'm sorry. I had to add another name, so I'm going to have to bump one down to an honorable mention, so I'm going to have to say honorable mention John Krasinski for A Quiet Place. Uh, moving up, uh, Damien Chazelle, First Man, Alfonso Cuaron, Roma, 
Drew Goddard. Uh, then I have Mimi Leader and Mariel Heller. Yay! Awesome. Um, I also have Mariel Heller for Can You Ever Forgive Me and Lynn Ramsey for You Are Never Really Here. I also have Josie Rourke for Mary Queen of Scots. I would um, like which, that movie more. You know what? I <laughs> honorable honorable mention. There we it go. It has there gone up. Like I keep I keep liking it the more that I think about it and the more time that goes by. And the one of the biggest things that I take away from it is just utter shock that that's her first film. She Completely. comes from a theater Completely background. Agree. But that is a stunning debut. And while everyone's falling all over themselves about Bradley fucking Cooper, like Josie Rourke had an amazing debut film and she needs to be talked about more. And it's really pissing me off that she's not. Um, same. I also, so same. Yeah. I also have Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite and Rob Marshall for Mary Poppins Returns, just to piss off Kristen. But also because <laughs> I really did like what he did with the movie. So. I knew it. All right. So this is a new category this year. Hot Dads of 2018. Sponsored by It Up by Karen Peterson. <laughs> Kristen. So my hot dads. This was actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be because I was like, I don't know anybody. But I actually had a really easy time with this. So I have Russell Hornsby from The Hate You Give. I love everything about his performance and he is an incredibly tall man that I've been near. Um, and he's just amazing. <laughs> I would, I would want him to like read rich leather bound books to me. Cause his voice is amazing. Um, I do not actually have army hammer on this list. He is an honorable mention. What? I know because oh, wow. I know I feel very bad about that, but I, I wanted to include everybody else. And I feel like army hammer has gotten a lot of love already. So I'm mixing it up. I'm trying to spread the love, okay? <laughs> what have you. Um, I rewatched Tomb Raider the other day, okay? And Dominic West plays Laura Croft's dad. And he was like Indiana Jones meets a Dilf. And I was just kind of for it. <laughs> so he's on my list. Good for him. I miss him. Um, I have Henry Golding for a simple favor. I mean, just... <laughs> Come on, we all know why he's there. Um, I also have, he's kind of a shit, but I have Chris Pine for A Wrinkle in Time. Yes, his actions at the end of the movie are fucking reprehensible, and they never actually deal with that. But leading up to that point, I mean, he's a guy that, like, praises his daughter's intelligence and is, like, a scientist. And at the end realizes that, like, maybe he should just be okay with being a fucking dad. Okay, and that's fine. Jeez. Um, and my number one is John Krasinski for A Quiet Place. Like, I rewatched that the other day, and that end scene with Millicent Simmons, I'm just like, why is my dad suck? <laughs> nice. Okay, Lauren? Alright, uh, so I think that these are pretty predictable, actually, but alright, so I've got John Cho for searching. <clears throat> Almost made my list, too. Uh, because he's a good dad, he's a hot dad, he kind of like, oh my god, how did Harold become, <laughs> I, I think he said, yeah, Harold. Uh, how did Harold become such a great dad? Mm -hmm. so he's great. Raphael Casal is a dad in Blind Spotting. That's right. And he's a good dad. And he actually, he really, like, he tries to be, at least. He actually really cares about his, his son and his girl, and like, yeah, man. Uh, John John Corbett in uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Sex-positive gynecologist dad? Come on. 
Like, he's awesome. Uh, I also John Krasinski in A Quiet Place and Nick Offerman in Hearts Beat Loud. And I was like, I'm confused and I don't know why I feel like this, but damn, is Nick Offerman hot? I think Nick Offerman is kind of hot. So I don't get yeah. it. I don't get <laughs> it's it. It's just like, yeah, you just embrace have to, it, just have to accept embrace it. it. Kim. Okay, this, this, I've just heard like three more I would really think about adding, but I, that makes my head hurt to think about what this does to my list. So I'm just going to go for it. I have Colin Firth and Mamma Mia, not necessarily for <laughs> any particular reason other than Colin Firth, but it's Colin Firth. So deal with it. Uh, I have to echo A Quiet Place, John Krasinski in A Quiet Place. Nick Offerman in the Hearts Beat Loud because Hearts Beat Loud because I was in the exact same boat going, when did Nick Offerman get <laughs> yeah. hot? How did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Josh Hamilton in eighth grade. I was having one of those moments where I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know you, but oh my god, I love you. you're so he's so awkward and adorable, and he just wants to be that good dad, and it works. And then I think we all know what's coming: Army Hammer on the basis of sex. <laughs> oh man um okay so i was, so I I was more to... concerned with putting army hammer as like best cook than best dad maybe because i just don't like kids i don't know now i feel stupid <laughs> <laughs> well i'm just gonna start off by saying that john corbett was actually the reason that i wanted to include this this category <laughs> yes i was watching to all the boys i've loved before and i was like oh my gosh i love him and we need a hot dad category um that being said, after I conceived of this, then I started going back and looking through, and I was like, oh no, I don't have room for him. Oh, in don't my tell top me five. he got pooped. <laughs> <laughs> but he definitely gets an honorable mention, as does Chris Pine, as does Jeff Goldblum for Hotel Artemis. Yes, he is a dad. Oh, in he's that a dad movie. in that? Oh, well, he would have been on my list if I'd seen it. <laughs> wow. Mm. Um, this is the guy I told you I had eight for this one. Um, so my number five is Sterling K. Brown in Black Panther. Surprise! Oh, yeah. Surprise! Of course. What? I completely forgot. That was so unexpected. Uh, number four, Nick Offerman in Hard Speed Love. That was the one where I was just like, maybe I like beards. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, number three. <laughs> number three is John Krasinski. Episode. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, number three is John Krasinski in A Quiet Place. Oh my gosh, that man is beautiful. Number two is John Cho in Searching. And number one, Army Hammer. Say it. Army Hammer and all the basement. Yes. <laughs> and you know, it is not just because of his really sweet scenes like with, with Ruth or his cooking. It is there are some really great scenes that he has with his daughter played by Kaylee Spaney yes, that are just so, completely. so sweet. And, and just, yeah. I literally got a text from my friend when I told them we were doing sexy dads, they asked if I was going to include Oscar Isaac and Mike <laughs> itself. I literally tweeted, fuck off. Wow. Yeah. There's nothing sexy about That'd that. That'd be the only way to get that movie nominated right there. <laughs> oh, that movie will be on the list. It will be, it will be present and accounted for. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I know which list it will be. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. man! All right, so let's go to sexiest slash ro- most romantic scenes. 
Okay, so mine, I actually only have two specific scenes. I went overall tone for most of this, okay? So um, I, I had to include Creed 2, all the manly eye-fucking that happens in that movie. Every every dude is just, like, lasciviously staring at each other in that movie, and I'm, I'm pretty convinced they all want to fuck each other. So, like, that's cool. Um, I mean, <laughs> you do you, okay? But, I mean, there's just, like, so much eye-fuckery in that, that movie, okay? A whole new dark place has entered in my mind. <laughs> I mean, I could have put the scene with Brigitte Nielsen eye-fucking her own child, but, I mean, you know, I didn't. Um, so there's that. Um, practically everything in A Simple Favor, like, everybody is so sexy and is giving out serious, like, DTF vibes the entire movie. Um, I will throw out, though, Henry Golding being indignant about <laughs> your versus your apostrophe R-E. Wow. <laughs> I've been waiting all year to talk about how I was just like, I threw down everything, metaphorically speaking, was like, marry me right now. This is happening. Okay. A man who knows his fucking grammar. Okay. I love it. Um, on the basis of sex, just for all the support that Army Hammer gives, just like everything about that movie is hot because he's just like, you go do you, girl. I'll hold your bag. I'll cook the food. I'll watch the kids. This, this, your, our daughter's being a pain in the ass. I'm going to discipline that bitch so you don't have to. Um, I just, I love all of it. I love all of it. Um, actual scenes, though, I have two that I wanted to point out. The hot tub scene in To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Yeah. Um, that scene is just a perfect unison of, like, music and proximity and, and just tension. It's just incredibly hot. Um, and the tussle in Bad Times at the Hour <laughs> Nothing says love like Chris Hemsworth offering <laughs> the winner the ability to sleep with him in the big house yeah. and then licking blood <laughs> off of a woman's mouth. Um, it's amazing. Okay, so yay, congrats, Sorry. congrats. Wow. Uh, okay, so so one of mine is just because it's incredibly sexy is Chris Hemsworth's dance in in Bad Times at the El Royale. Like, you know, that I mean, you could, you could say okay, Chris Hemsworth and Pie in the in Bad Times at the El Royale. It's just like you know, he's just man. Like that was that point in the movie where I was just like, oh, I, to- I totally get why you would join his cult. Why would you not join his cult? You'd be crazy not to. Um, the other, the other one is the love scene in, in If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, it's just a very sweet and loving and beautiful scene. And it's not terribly explicit, but it's very, it's just very lovely. And it's well photographed and, and uh, romantic. And finally, Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock in literally every scene that they're in together in Ocean's 8. That's, yes. There's just like, yep. I know the people are like, oh, no, they're totally just gal pals. Yeah, they're just friends. They're just gal Warren. pals. Just like, no, these two are gay, are all kinds of gay for each other specifically. Like, come on, guys. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my three. Uh, okay. All right. I went five. Um, so starting from the bottom, that final scene in First Man where um, the Claire Foy character and Ryan Gosling, they're kind of, they touch each other through the glass. I thought that was just gorgeous and subdued. Um, moving up, I have all of On the Basis of Sex, uh, particularly, I mean, jumping out the scene where she quote unquote cl- climbs him like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> but um, apron wearing army hammer, just uh, that just in him being all supportive. It was, I was a sobbing mess through about, from about the 
first half mark on. Uh, once again, all of the bad times at the El Royale. So that goes from dancing, pie eating, Chris Hemsworth to John Hamm's glasses and my sweet baby Pullman. And then uh, the earbud dance scene from A Quiet Place. Oops. And then last but not least, that that scene from Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, Kim. I, I got hot and there was legs leg crossing in that scene. It was a <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, is he gonna do oh oh he's doing it? Oh. It's pretty uh, yeah, it's that was do I know Kim or do I know Kim? <laughs> that actually was like an honorable mention for me because I was just like, oh, oh, they're doing that. Oh, what's happening? Oh, we care about her pleasure. Oh. I don't remember ever seeing this on screen before that I was the asshole sitting next to you saying, technically, I don't even know if that's like actually legit, considering they thought anything that was a missionary meant you were a witch. But you know, whatever. You do you, girl. Oh, that's man. good. Uh, okay, so I have, um, I chose, I like Kristen, I also chose the, the tussle scene from Bad Times at the El Royale because. I will beat Kristen's yep. ass to get a chance at Chris Hemsworth in the big house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to fight dirty. So, I mean, I'm going to bite you. In the face, probably. Just prep for that. Oh, I've got moves you've never seen. Um, <laughs> uh, also, I agree. A simple favor in and of itself is just a really sexy movie but one of the scenes that just really gets me is the confessions scene when they're sitting on the couch and they're trading secrets um there's just something about the way that that's photographed and and the mood of it and it's just like just listening not necessarily what they're saying but the way that they're talking to each other it's just oh i love it um i also agree with lauren that that love scene and if beale street could talk is so beautiful and and sweet and just very full of love and it's it's really lovely um i also have the engagement scene from crazy rich asians and honorable mention for me and um so a lot of things from on the basis of sex but the scene that i actually after watching it a second time the scene that or the it's really more of a moment than a scene but what really sticks out to me is it happens at the end and i'm not going to give away why but there's this moment where marty looks at ruth and he's got his hand over his mouth but there's just this like his eyes are so full of love in that moment and it's just so like oh my god <laughs> like i'm just, welling up just thinking about oh it. <laughs> it's gorgeous i love it so those are mine um okay so best use of modern music or dance in a film okay so this is always my favorite category um so i picked on the basis of sex justin throw dances i could have gone with the spy who dummy because justin throw <laughs> sings in that one poorly uh, but i went with the dance because i did not expect dance so when it happened i looked at karen and she looked at me and i was just like he needs to stop doing this, but he cannot <laughs> stop doing this. So there is that. Um, I it's also pretty It's pretty amazing. It's hilariously bad. But that's what he does. Hilariously bad song and dance. It's actually very endearing. Um, I have uh, The Hate You Give when um, Star goes to the party and sees Khalil for the first time. They're playing Travis Scott's Goosebumps. 
I think that scene is beautifully filmed. It tells you all about the history of these two characters. I think it's great. Um, the favorite, the dance yes. sequence in the actually every dance in the favorite is great. Um, but the main dance scene with Rachel Weiss and Joe Alwyn, where it just looks like they're making up dance moves, and it's uh, wonderful. Like I, I know I, I talk shit about like historical inaccuracies, but I give that movie props um, for just showing how insane the dancing was in those times. Um, Deep Purple, Bad Times at the El Royale. I, I mean, it's perfect. Um, and Crazy Rich Asians, Yellow, at the end, the way they use that that song. Coldplay, I know people don't like Coldplay and they hate that song, but I think using it for the end scene in Mandarin is just, uh, it, it, it made me so emotional. I love it. Nice. Lauren? All right, so uh, not surprisingly, Suspiria, because obviously that film is just nothing but dance, and uh, I loved it. And the the... Most importantly, the big dance sequence where they're performing uh, the modern dance version of Volk, and it's just fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, like, it really is amazing. I just wanted that sequence to go on for longer. Hell. I, I was I was great because it, it, it needed to happen because I was trying not to vomit considering <laughs> what happens like right but I like before that, it. I like that intercutting of that violence and the violence that is done to women's bodies and the beauty of that dance and the intensity of that dance. Like it works so well. Um, I also have the deep purple dancing, like, you know, how can you not um, pretty much everything in hearts beat loud because it's all modern music and, and it's, it's so, yeah. I like the interaction of their relation. Like I like the building of their relationship with music and them coming to learn and understand a little bit more about each other through music and then, I mean, blind spotting. Blind spotting just has some fantastic rap. It has some fantastic patter that goes back and forth between, particularly between the two main characters, and and is wonderful. Love it, Kim. I have. I've just made a couple quick additions here. Um, Mamma Mia, because Abba, how can you not? Uh, in this next one, so Green Book. This will be the only time this will movie will make the list in a positive connotation, but. The, that's my era, and I loved everything about all that music. A Quiet Place, uh, specifically specifically the scene I mentioned earlier, just that use of music and that dance with Krasinski and Blunt was just perfect. Uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? That I mean, stretching this to say modern music, but how they did that score, kind of the 1920s, there's kind of a vintage sound to it that I absolutely loved. And number one, Deep Purple. El Royale. <laughs> I hope Deep Purple made a lot of money for letting them use that song. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so I have the entire soundtrack to The Spy Who Dumped yes. Me. I really like that music. Again, <laughs> Justin Thoreau totally singing Crash Test Dummies is the perfect unison <laughs> of terrible song to terrible singing. <laughs> Yep, it's great. Um, also, all of the music in Hearts Beat Loud, yes, I agree absolutely. with that. It's great music, and I love that so much of it is original music. Um, it's it's really, that's a fun soundtrack. Um, I also agree that dance in The Favorite <laughs> is so, yes. that is one of the funniest scenes of the year to me. I don't know why I didn't include it, but um, it's so great. So well done. Um, also the entire soundtrack of Crazy Rich Asians, not just the Coldplay cover, but the Madonna cover and the, yeah, like it's just, yeah. it's, it's got a great soundtrack. And I love that 
that they use Chinese versions of those songs and, and uh, it's beautiful. Um, and of course, of course, Deep Purple. <laughs> so we all agree Deep on Deep Purple. Purple. Yes, we do. <laughs> As most people should Absolutely. agree on Deep Purple. Okay, yes. so we're going to move into our final category for this week. And that is, fittingly, Best Female Lead Performances. Kristen. Yay. Um, so, again, my... Uh, an honorable mention would have gone to Lady Gaga. She almost made this list. And then I realized there was somebody else that I needed to include. And Star is Born is just not going to pop up a lot in my in my uh, category. So uh, I have uh, Toni Collette for Hereditary. I think her ability to go from every emotion in the book in that movie's runtime. And just the exhaustion of it. I think she's phenomenal. Rachel Weiss, I consider her a lead. I consider all three of them co-leads, and I think is Lady Marlborough. Oh my gosh, she is just a, amazing. A woman who can should be running things, but has to pretend that she's kind of, you know, her, you know, my poor sex. I'm just so weak. Um, I think she's wonderful in that. Um, Melissa McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Again, I finally got to see that. She is just heart wrenching. Is this poor downtrodden woman? who really wants to just write and be recognized for her writing. And she's not um, Constance Wu, crazy rich Asians. I, I love her and Amanda Stenberg for the hate you give. I think putting a movie of that magnitude on a, the shoulders of a, a young woman like her could have been really tough. And she just has such grace and makes it look effortless. Yeah. Lauren. So, so I'm going to be echoing some of this. I, I've got Olivia Coleman for the favorite because I, I just think her performance was fantastic. And I already had Rachel Weiss's supporting. Yes. So let's just split them up. We'll say Olivia Coleman. Uh, she, she's fantastic. She's always been a great actress, but she's particularly, I think that she's finally being recognized maybe in, at least in America um, with this film. And so it's, it's wonderful. I really hope that she continues to get some love and to actually maybe get an Oscar nomination out of this. Um, Blake Lively in A Simple Favor, I just, I've always liked her, but that was the first point in which I was like, oh, this is like what she really wants to do. Um, Viola Davis in Widows, I think that that, everyone was great in that film, but she, for, she's the lead as far as anyone is a lead in that movie. And she's just fantastic. And again, another one of those actresses that is, is always good. Um, and deserves a lot more attention this year than I think that she's going to wind up getting. Melissa McCarthy and Can You Ever Forgive Me, definitely. She she gives one of the performances of the year. And, uh, and I like the fact that she is a bitch. Like, that character is not a nice human being, but you also root for her, even though she's not a nice human being. And uh, uh, Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, and I may have butchered her name. I apologize if I did. She is so good in that. And, you know, people have been talking about how, oh, she's not going to get nominations. She shouldn't get nominations because she's unknown. Oh, fuck that. There are tons of actors that have received nominations that have been unknown at the time that they received their nominations. So Gabrielle Sidibe, uh, uh, um, uh, Barack Abdi, all of those guys, like, there's no reason why she shouldn't get some love. And she is fantastic in Rome. And she carries the damn film. Uh, without her, Roma is not as good as it is. So, yeah, that's my list. Awesome. Kim? 
Okay, I have to throw out an honorable mention, Emily Blunt in The Quiet Place. Just that whole challenging setup of that film and what she's able to do with a really challenging form. Uh, starting from the bottom, I had Felicity Jones for On the Basis of Sex. I made my list. I have been very critical of her in the past. I She's always been just there, but not quite there. She smashes it in that role. She That was really, for me, a star-making role for her. And I just, I love that it was as good as it was. Um, sure, so Ronan, Mary Queen of Scots. My girl, she's just always so damn good. And I thought she was stunning in the film. Uh, Viola Davis, Widows. Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, and Melissa McCarthy. Can you ever forgive me? Very nice. Um, this was one where I was like, I will happily give Kim some of mine because I'm. it's just so impossible for me to narrow this list down. And this is some of these cuts really hurt. But um, I am going to give an honorable mention to Maggie Gyllenhaal and The Kindergarten Teacher. Definitely one of my favorite performances of the year. She's great. And also to... Just barely make, missing the cut is Emma Stone for the favorite. But when I really look at it, I think I like Rachel Weiss better. So she made it into my five. Um, Glenn Close in The Wife. Emily Blunt for Mary Poppins Returns. Olivia Coleman for the favorite. And Melissa McCarthy. Can you ever forgive me? So that's it. Ah, that was a lot of categories and so many great, great things. Great people. Great movie <laughs> moments. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually surprised we got through all of them in under 90 minutes. <laughs> Look at us. Look that at makes us two go. of us. Yeah. Next time we get into the like heavy hitting stuff. So which I'm excited about. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So come back next week and listen to us talk about the films themselves, our favorite docs, our favorite comedies, all of that. Um, follow us on Twitter at Citizen Dan Pod and find out exactly when our episodes are going up. If we know <laughs> ourselves. Right. Well, well, you know, eventually we'll have episodes there and it'll be great. Um, you can also find us on Facebook sometimes facebook.com slash citizen dame <laughs> our website is citizendamepod.com and you can find the podcast itself everywhere you listen to podcasts. Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, um, Podbean is where we're hosted. So all those fun places. And go check out our Zazzle store and see all kinds of fun merch. Zazzle.com slash Citizen Dame. You can also find us individually on the Twitters. Kristen? I'm at Journeys underscore film. Lauren? I am at LH Business. Kim? At KPierce624. And I am at Karen M. Peterson. So that's going to close us out for this week. We hope that you've enjoyed it. Please let us know your favorites in some of these different categories or all of these categories. We love to, we'd love to know what you think of the best scenes of the year and favorite lead actresses and all of it. So share, tell us. And um, yeah, so we'll catch you next time and have a great week. And a good holiday. Oh yeah, that too. You left without saying goodbye. We're practically family. Do you think you could just take what's mine? No, wouldn't come a hunting. <laughs>